Welcome to Courage to Create, a podcast for those choosing to live and lead from heart, soul, and desire. I'm your host, Claudia Whitney, a certified hypnotherapist and life and business coach for women. And I'm obsessed with supporting you on your path to living a more abundant, expanded life of purpose. I believe we were born to go big, and each week you'll hear inspiring interviews from passionate souls that dare to create their bold stories. And it's my hope that after hearing stories of truth, courage, and desire, you'll feel called to rewrite a part of your story that may be holding you back from living a life of your wildest dreams. Hey there, here we are again. And today I'm interviewing a dear friend of mine, Jessica Kaplan, and we're talking about the voice and expression. I loved this interview because I think we forget about the voice and how important it is to use it and exercise it and use it to express ourselves, use our voice to say our desires and our truths out loud. And it takes courage to express ourselves. And we often feel locked up in the throat or we feel like we have something to say and we can't get it out. Has that ever happened to you? I can say that it's happened to me a few times. And what I have found over the years is that it's a practice using our voice and taking up space with our voice is a practice. And I'm currently in the practice of saying the hard thing, and I don't always get it right. And honestly, it's not about getting anything right. My teachers would say the messier, the better. And through the mess is where you discover and learn new things. And on the other side of the uncomfortableness of getting vulnerable and expressing hard things, there's a reward. I mean, at least this is what I've found. You create deeper intimacy and connection. You get to grow your courage and confidence. And it's a beautiful way to work through our emotions. We talk about this a lot in the interview. And you'll hear Jess's story and how she works with her clients. She even sings for us at the end. And it's such a beautiful treat. Guess what? By the time you're listening to this, I'll be at my Woman Unleashed retreat. I've been waiting for this day. And oh my gosh... I can't believe we're almost there. I had the idea to host the retreat and I've spent so much time and energy organizing all the things, all the details, and I have so much support from my team, my beautiful team. Oh my God. It's really a dream to be doing this and I will admit that it's scary at times. Following your dreams isn't always easy. It requires courage and risk and When the dream or desire is important enough, I find it's enough to keep me going. It's enough to keep me from giving up when things get hard or obstacles appear. And I share this in case you're listening and you're in the middle of something and you want to give up, or maybe you haven't started it yet because it feels too big or it feels too daunting. And I just want to share two things with you before we get into the interview. First, make sure that you really want to do this, that you really want this and that the desire is there and that it's real and that you're not in a situation where you think you should be doing this or you're doing it because you had the idea and it was a strong desire before and it's not now, but you feel like you have to like follow through somehow. It needs to be something that you can't not do. All right. So it's something that like 
you can't imagine not doing or the desire is so strong, the pull is so strong. It's like, I've got to do this. It doesn't make sense, but it, it's got to be done, right? So the desire needs to be strong and real. The second thing is keep coming back to why you're doing it. Don't get lost in the many disasters or mistakes along the way. Come back to your why. And if you're not clear on your why, define that right now. That should be one of the first things you do. Define your why. Know that it's alive in you, that this is a real desire, that it's strong. And these uh, things, the desire and your why, need to be bigger than your doubt or fear that might come up, right? That's what's going to keep you going. And if you're feeling stuck, don't hesitate to reach out to me. This is what I was born to do, to support women just like you, ready to drop old patterns so that you can get out of your way and be a leader in your life. You can just shoot me a DM on Instagram or Facebook and I'll get back to you. All right. So let's get into the interview. It's just so good. Hello and welcome back to Courage to Create. Today I have my really good friend, Jessica Kaplan, and I'm super excited to have her here because she works with the voice. And I know that we all struggle in some way or another to use our voice. And so I feel like this is going to be a really important conversation today. Jessica has been a sound practitioner for nearly 10 years. She's guided hundreds of students, both in groups and one-on-one, to work with voice and sound as healing transformative modalities. She's been a vocal embodiment guide for roughly eight years, helping people access their authentic voice, and has been leading groups of women in this work for the past couple of years in her signature group program, Reclaim. I met Jess about 17 years ago. We don't know exactly. We couldn't figure it out, but we're going to say 17 years ago when we were both living in Hong Kong and we've stayed in touch all these years, no matter where we're living and we've lived all over the place. And Jess, I just value our friendship, our sisterhood so much. And I really do think you're one of the most talented people I know. And so, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I remember going to your theater performances back in the day. I've heard you sing. I've seen you teach yoga. You know, you're a mom. You're a great mom. I mean, I like see you out in the forest with your daughter. Like, And uh, (laughs) I would love to hear more about what you do and also how it all started. Well, thank you. And... You know, I, lo- I love you and value you so much. So it's so awesome to have this conversation. Yeah. So how did it all start? I guess I really have to go back to my childhood. I always loved to sing. I, I can't really remember a time in my life when I didn't love to sing. So I think it happened pretty, very young. And it was something that I did to entertain my family and to just feel joy. Definitely a lot of the time it was, well, it was either me singing by myself or me writing songs for plays that I would create and put on in my basement for my family. (laughs) Or it would be my family saying, Jess, get up and sing. And so it would be performative. And I got really into musical theater and that was a huge part of my life for a really long time. And Music and my voice and singing were always just so, so dear to me. Then many, many, many years later, when more when I met you, Claudia, I got really into yoga and 
eventually became a yoga teacher and dove into that world that I really hadn't um, explored too much before then. So that was in my 20s. And I was exploring yoga and meditation. And then it went a little more broadly into kind of the healing arts. And I just started just getting more interested in, in transcendence and transformative kind of experiences and practices. And now we'll fast forward to I'm living in New York City. I'm teaching yoga. I, I'm actually at that time I was writing writing songs and kind of calling myself a singer songwriter and performing, you know, different kinds of bars and music venues. And at the same time I'm teaching yoga and at the end of my yoga classes, I would, I would sing, but I wouldn't sing a song because I didn't feel like that was, that's not what I was called to do at the end of a yoga class. I wanted to do something that helped people drop into the final relaxation. And so I would just, spontaneously kind of sound more so than sing just let kind of sound move through me and sometimes I would put on a recording of like a droney kind of soundscape behind me or sometimes it would just be acapella no instrumentation and people would come up to me and they'd say wow like what were you doing that was so I just was able to relax so deeply and I just got really interested as I got more of that feedback. I just got so interested in some aspect of my voice that I wasn't, hadn't really tapped into, but I was beginning to tap into. And I started to talk about it and tell people that I wanted to, I, did, I couldn't even name it exactly, but I just wanted to explore something about my voice in a deeper way. And that Can I led ask you me, a question really quick. Yeah, yeah. I'm just curious: had you ever experienced anyone doing like voice healing work, or you know, using sound as a tool for healing or transformation? It just kind of kind of evolved for uh, you naturally. No, I can't say I had. No, I hadn't really experienced anything like that that I can think of. No, it just kind of came. Yeah. I didn't even know the term sound healing at that time. But then as these things, as this often happens, where like synchronicity just starts to happen, people just started to talk to me about sound healing. I remember I was at this party with someone who was funny. I turned out working with him musically and singing with him and traveling to Costa Rica and performing at Envision Festival, doing kind of more like sound healing and, and singing of that kind that much later, but I remember he started talking to me about sound healing and I, I didn't even know what it was. And I was like, wow, I feel like I should know more about this. And so in all this, this searching and just putting it out there to the universe, basically, I found this teacher who was partly teaching singing in a more kind of classical way, but that's not why I, had found her, why we had found each other. I found her because she offered this incredible practice called creature work. Her name is Bisan Toron. She's absolutely gorgeous, human and beautiful singer. And she shared this practice with me in our very first session. It was actually in my little apartment in the East Village. I remember that apartment. <laughs> yeah. And she said, you know, I don't 
really ever share this with anybody in the first session, but I feel like you're ready for it. And I, I knew that I was too. And so she shared her version of creature work and then, and I was in tears immediately. And then I went on that journey with her and I, I studied with her for a few years and I'm still in touch with her. She's awesome. At the same time, I started working or I started exploring sound healing because I heard this at party <laughs> and I found, I found a school, the open center in New York city. And I turned out doing their, their one year sound integrative sound practitioner training program in the sound and music Institute. And yeah, from then on, I was, I started offering sound, you know, what's now called sound baths at the time I called mine sound journeys. And I still do feel like it's more of a sound journey than a sound bath, but we can talk about that later maybe. And I started after, you know, a while of doing, of, of offering that I started offering workshops and even though I was working with instruments, the instrument that has always felt like my main instrument is my voice. It's always the, the center, the center point for me. And the instruments I love, and they're definitely supportive, and I keep expanding my, my repertoire of instruments, uh, my arsenal. Yeah, so that's, that's the, the long story of how it, how it started. You said that you've been using your voice basically your whole life. I'm just curious, like, what changed in the re- with the relationship with your voice like mm-hmm. question yeah, totally. okay <laughs> yeah, absolutely well i realized you know and i i never thought about it in this way but i realized as i started to explore voice and more of this as more of a healing modality and and this teacher bisan toron she wouldn't have described herself as being in the healing arts she was really a singer and she was classically trained and she was a singing teacher she is. And yet what she was offering this creature work was like really taking me out of this way of, you know, performing basically like singing as, as something performative to something that was, whoa, like deep excavation going in and just letting sound move through me. However, it wanted to come through me and really coming into this state of deep presence and letting my voice just be this, this channel to move energy. Sometimes it felt, you know, it would move emotion. I would often just spontaneously be crying. I would hear the sounds that I was making and not even know how I was making them. So Sometimes it would feel like, like different kinds of literally it's called creature work. So sometimes it would feel like animals. Sometimes it would feel, it can feel very much like beings, like ancestors. Um, There would be these different sounds moving through me that I just had never heard myself make and they weren't beautiful. And I had always strived to make my sound, my voice beautiful, pretty, you know, I was always emulating some other sound, especially being in musical theater. It was like, I'd hear the recording and I would try to make my voice sound like that person's. But this was more about 
being in full presence and letting all of the sound move through me and really opening up to this really wild palette of sound that was way beyond anything that I'd ever really allowed myself to do. A big part of that was having a guide who could lead me down that path and then witness me. And now I do the same for other people. And it's pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah, that's so powerful. You know what it made me think of? I don't know if I've ever shared this story with you, but when I was in India studying yoga for a few months, I lived there and we, you know, my practice was at 5 a.m. at the shala, you know, and so I had the, the rest of the day to do whatever I wanted. So I would sign up for different things. I did sign up for some singing lessons. Um, but the class that I want to talk about is I, I found this man that taught art and he was, you know, like long beard and I would meet him in his driveway at his little hut and he would bring paper and, you know, I wanted him to teach me how to draw. And my first, you know, session I, I was drawing and he was like, no. And he's like, I just want you to scribble. And I was like, okay. And even my scribbles, I started scribbling and they were still like in the shape of flowers and the shape of, and he's like, no. And my homework for like two weeks, he wouldn't let me draw. He would only allow me to scribble. And then when he felt like I had loosened up and just like, let, you know, kind of like what you're talking about, like let whatever wants to come through and out of me out without like control, without trying to make it look pretty, to look a certain way. That's when he started to teach me how to draw, which is really, so I'm brought back to that story. And I just, I love hearing that you're, you know, you say that like sounds are coming out of me that I didn't even know, you know, existed. And you're just having this like whole new discovery, rediscovery with yourself and your voice. Now you say you do it with, with your clients. And I'm just curious, are people able to really go there? Like, Well, first of all, I don't start with that. Just the way uh, my teacher said, I, I never start with this, but I was really, I was already, I'd already done a lot of work with my voice. I was ready for that. I, I don't usually start with, with that intense kind of going in and excavating, or like I like to say, sonic spelunking. <laughs> <laughs> I use it. I mean, you, you were advanced when you when you yeah. met her. Yeah, so I get right. that. Okay. Yeah. So I already had a very deep connection with my voice. And I was already starting to unfold it in that way. So most of the time, you know, I pull from so many different pieces of, of my development and my life and the pieces that have worked for me and that I've really enjoyed exploring. So I pull from, from yoga and I pull from sound healing and I'm now been studying classical Hindustani singing for a few years. So flavors, just flavors come in from that, you know, yoga of sound. Also just my long history of, of singing and working with my voice, even, you know, in performative realms that all comes in. So I'll start, I like to start really simple because for me, the, this work with embodying the authentic voice is just that it's about embodiment. So it's really an, to me, it's an embodiment practice. And when we worked together, it was, it was actually several years ago. And I feel like it has really grown a lot since then. Like I've developed as, as a facilitator. So I, I always start with movement. We move our bodies first because we want to feel connected 
to this body because the entire body is the instrument. It's not just here, the throat that I'm pointing to. It's, it's the whole body and it's beyond the body because the voice is, it's our soul's expression is how I see it, which is why sounds can come through us that we don't even, that we didn't even know we had access to because when we tap into the voice as a channel, we can bring all these parts of ourselves through that haven't really had a voice. You know, so all the pieces, like the scared pieces, the ugly pieces, the hopeless pieces, and also the joyful and the loving, all those pieces can come through. So I like to go really simply, start with, you know, embodiment, embodying the voice, starting with, like you said, the humming practice, that's toning. I love toning because it connects us with the feeling of our voice in our body. Humming is so nice because it's like, Like right now, if you just hum, you can feel the sound like and close your eyes. Because when we close our eyes, we feel, we experience life, we experience sound in a different way. So when we close our eyes and we hum and we do that for several minutes, we start to really connect with that feeling of, of vibration because we are, we are vibratory beings we are made of vibration ourselves everything you take everything down it it's it's vibration that's what it is we're vibrational beings we're made of sound you can say so that when we sound we are when we just hum we can start to feel that and feel we can send the sound with our awareness to different parts of our body you have a sore shoulder you can send your hum to your shoulder and maybe place your hand. So that's where sound healing and voice is kind of work with the voice, vocal embodiment kind of like overlap because we can also release pain, release emotion with the voice. So I keep, I keep adding more (laughs) as I speak, (laughs) but I'll start really simply with toning, getting people just comfortable with just their, the feeling of their sound, just feeling, you know, sound moving through them, what that's like. Then we start to build and we start to feel, we start to connect with the resonance of our voice, the resonance of our sound. So our sound, the sound when it resonates like low in our body, because like I said, it's all about embodiment. So feel the sound like in your pelvis, in your in your legs, like, what is that sound? For me, it's a low sound because it's like connecting us to the earth and then feeling the sound in the womb, in the belly, in the chest and finding different sounds just intuitively that connect us to the resonance of those spaces. And it's another way to like express yourself, you know, like if you don't have words to put to what's happening in the womb, you know, maybe there's trauma there or, you know, and there. There, you know, sometimes we don't have words, but we can always come up with like the sound that it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Totally well said. And I often say that my best conversations that I've had have been without words in the sound space in, or, you know, in musical improvisation, just like that. Those conversations are so rich because words I love words, actually adore words, (laughs) but they're limited. They are limited. And with sound, we can move things, you know, energy, emotion, 
stuckness. We can move all that. And we don't, it doesn't have to be attached to a story. Sometimes it may be. And definitely when I work with people one-on-one and we're going in there and we're working with sound in that kind of somatic way, story will come up like, oh, this is reminding me of that time when I was a kid, you know, and this and this happened. But it also can just be like raw kind of emotion moving through that we don't even connect to an experience. I would have that a lot when I initially was doing that work, uh, the creature work, and I'd be in tears. And it just felt like almost like universal, like this universal grief was moving through me. And it didn't have even have anything to do with me. And then other times it might be that I came in feeling tender, feeling something, you know, struggling with something. And so the sound would provide a way for me to like move, move it through. Because when we hold on to the emotion, as you know, it, it gets stuck in our body. So the sound can help move, move that through our bodies. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like such a powerful process and there, you know, we think about like, like physically moving our bodies to, to release, like hitting a pillow to release anger or dancing to feel joy or even sadness, but to, to bring the voice into it and to have it be as powerful or maybe even more powerful because it's this kind of untouched thing within us. And then you talked about processing like stuckness. I want you to talk more about that. Well, <laughs> sometimes when, when I'm feeling stuck, I've def- uh, my husband, Dave, will <laughs> sometimes just walk me into this room because this is the room that I you know, work in and all my instruments are in. I'll just like walk me into this room, put the Shruti box. This is my the, an instrument that I play. That's a, a drone instrument. And he'll just like put it in my hand and say, just sing. <laughs> so I think that says it best is like, it's such, for me, it's such a powerful way to move stuckness yeah. that, that comes up for, for all of us at different times. Like I said, because it can, you know, because we are beings of sound, because we are made of vibration and sound literally has the power to, to change matter. You can look up cymatics and that's, that's something that we talk about in sound healing a lot. Um, in cymatics, you can actually see how sound changes matter. Let's say you have like uh, this powder, powdery substance, and then you have, you have it sitting on a plate and then you have sound being put through a speaker to right onto that just below that plate and you see it's beautiful it turns into these like gorgeous mandala looking shapes and it changes depending on the tone that's played so that's showing us that sound how how much sound affects matter so when you're thinking about like making a sound inside of your body it's going to it's going to change, change you on you know, like a cellular level. Yeah. I'm thinking about all those heavy metal concerts I went to. I think. <laughs> <laughs> no. Head banging in the back or head banging in the front rather. Okay. Anything can be healing. Any, <laughs> any sound truly. I want to know, can anyone sing? And, you know, when people come to you, are they trying to like learn a song or, you know, or is it, 
purely to come and just use voice to, like you're saying, to process emotion, to maybe heal trauma or, you know, release stuckness or whatever it is. Um, why would somebody come to you, I guess, is my question. Mm-hmm. Well, first, the first question, absolutely. Absolutely. Everyone, I believe, as long as you can speak and, you know, you're vocal cords are intact. Yes, you can sing. Absolutely. And I hear so frequently, oh, I can't sing or I'm not a singer. I really believe that we or I'm tone deaf. I hear that a lot. Like people say, oh, I'm tone oh, deaf. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't use that, that term. I definitely think certain ears are maybe naturally more easy, can more easily process, you know, tones and then play them back through, through our own instruments, you know, through our voice. But that said, I've worked with people who someone might even would say, like might even label them in that way. I really don't like that term at all. Someone might, might use that term. And I never thought of it in that way. And with time, with just listening and doing a lot of call and response together. And really it's, it's so much about listening to deep listening where we're really in that state of presence, listening with our whole bodies. We can all sing, we can all sing in tune. It may just, it may take time more time for certain people and practice. Yeah. And yeah, just being with your voice. But Mm -hmm. my experience is that every person can sing and really every person should sing. And I see it as our birthright because when in time have, have humans not sung, I think when humans stop singing, we're, we're in trouble. We really must sing. And I actually read recently somewhere that singing may have actually been the first form of communication way, way back. I'd have to get the, uh, I can probably find you the reference for that, but that, and, and it's true that humans have, have sung as long as we really know, right. That's the way that we have pray is the way we pray together and have ceremony and lift our spirits. And we, around the fire, women do it, washing clothes in the river like it's just it's so natural we how do we put our babies to sleep or I think about kids like I think about my son for his whole life and he's eight now and he's still like if we're in a car we're you know taking a walk like he'll start humming and singing and making up songs crazy songs and the usually has the (laughs) word penis in it but you know he's still singing singing songs like his style (laughs) Absolutely. I talk about babies a lot because babies just naturally have that totally uninhibited and they're so curious. And so that's actually a foundational piece for this work too, is calling back that playful child, like that, the inner child that's just full of wonder and so curious that you hear a siren and you're not like (gasps) feeling that, that panic, like that fight or flight response but I see not just babies, babies, kids, they start doing the siren sound. I've seen that several times and they're playing Mm. because everything is, is, is there for, for play. Fun and playing. Yeah. Yeah. Taking us back to that, 
to that place of wonder is really one of the first, it's one of the foundations. Yeah. Like I like to start in that playful place. We don't go, we don't go, we don't dive right into the, the depths <laughs> to start right into the creatures and the ancestral beings. And, and maybe for some, that's not where we go. I really work intuitively with each person and with where they're at. So now I'm forgetting your second question. Yeah. yeah. So why would somebody hire you? <laughs> and then how does it play out in real life? Well, it's kind of cool because I've really just built this business, built my my work so organically. It really just, you know, I don't I don't do it advertising. Like people just come to me through word of mouth and it just feels like the people who are just the right fit for this work come to me. And that is, you know, people who it's, it's sometimes that, yeah, they want to feel more comfortable in their singing voice, but there's always something a little bit beyond that. It's just like this in, intuition that they have, that they're meant to open that part of themselves. That's something they people often, and it's mostly women that I work with, not exclusively, but that's just who tends to come, come to me. They often come to me saying, you know, there's just, I just feel like there's something there's like a stuckness or there's just something that's not being expressed and just feel like I need to open up that part of myself. So sometimes there, there are women who come to me who, who also do really want to learn songs um, sometimes because they want to sing, you know, they want to sing in kind of like ceremonial kind of gatherings and they want to feel comfortable and feel like more at home and, you know, they say, often people say confident, I want to feel more confident in my voice. And I like to think of it as feeling more at home in our voice, because it's more about being embodied. Confidence feels a little like ego, ego related. And it's fine. There's nothing wrong with that word, of course. But there is to me something about like just feeling at home, loving and accepting our voice, you know, regardless, like, even if it cracks. Yeah, voices crack. Voices do weird things out of nowhere and it's okay. And so the second question, how does it play out in people's day-to-day lives? And it's interesting because I literally just got off a session with, with a woman I'm working with and she was, that was a big subject uh, at the beginning. I always do a check-in and see what's, what's alive for, for the person so that we can work with that in some way. That was a big subject was was how it was playing out in her intimate relationship and in her kind of struggle with that she's had for, for years in expressing with expressing herself and expressing her desires and, and even knowing her own desires, like being able to speak them. So we, we did some work around that. And she said that that has been a really big piece in this work for her is the way she has been working with, with what I've been sharing with her has been you know, working with it in her daily life to, to get better at expressing her, her truth and her authentic self. And she said it was very uncomfortable and she was definitely feeling vulnerable, more vulnerable than usual. And at the same time, I know that she came to me ready for that kind of 
growth and growth is, yeah, it's not always pretty. I know you talk about that a lot. Yeah. And with this work, like using the voice, it's something, well, it's like a meditation. I just remember being so completely present you know, and in my body and not thinking about what's next or the to-dos or, you know, the obsessive thinking, like all of that kind of went out the window and I was just so present with my voice. And anytime we slow down enough to feel, that's when you can really hear, like you were saying, the truths and, and the desires. Like sometimes people don't even know what they want, but it's because they've never slowed down long enough to just really feel into themselves and feel what can come up. Yeah, as a way, you know, it's, it's a way to access your truth. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And on the subject of that presence that you described, definitely, I think that's why sound baths have become so big and so popular over the past, like, hasn't been that long, like five, five to 10 years, really more in the past five years, because sound like an experience of deep listening, which is what sound is taking us into. We're closing our eyes. We're not moving. We're being totally still and we're just listening. It takes us into this space where we can, we can come into this pure presence and, And like a meditation, of course, you may have your moments of being like the monkey mind coming in and pulling you away. But the sound, if you keep treating it as an anchor, it brings you back. And with the voice, I think personally, even more so because the voice is it's in our body. It's not outside of us. It's happening right here inside of us. And like I said, because I see it as the soul being expressed, like breath is in yoga, we say it's the manifestation of spirit, prana, and the voice rides on our breath. That's when we sound, right? Uh, we take a breath in and then we sound, ah. Uh. So the, the voice to me is that outward manifestation, the expression of spirit, of our spirit. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. Like that just makes me feel so grounded and calm hearing you talk about it that way. And, you know, you mentioned sound baths again, and in the beginning, you said you prefer to call them sound journeys, or you feel like yours are more of a sound journey, and you want to share the difference? It's, it's a subtlety, for sure. And there's really, there's nothing wrong with the term sound bath, but it sort of suggests that you, that it's just like this easy, kind of like, you know, like a bath. I love baths. (laughs) Easy, easy, gentle immersion, whereas a journey is kind of taking you more somewhere. There's more of an arc. So although I do, I I definitely have a gentle hand with sound work. I I do want to create a space where people can go on their journey. I'm not even taking anyone on. I'm not doing anything. I'm I'm not taking anyone on a journey. I'm just creating the Space. space so that people can go on their own inner journeys. Yeah, 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 I totally get that. If someone's listening and they're, they're like, what is a sound bath, sound journey? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, what is it? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's working with different, there's so many different kinds of instruments and I'm of the mind that really any, almost any instrument can be used in in this way where we're working with sound 
as a tool for, for meditation, for presence, for transformation, for healing. So usually what it looks like is if it's a group sound experience, people are lying down, they're all set up cozy and covered in blankets and, and then, and your eyes are closed and you're just, you're listening. You're just going into the state of deep listening and it's sound versus like a musical concert, which is a different thing. You know, again, it's like a, a somewhat subtle kind of distinction, but there is a distinction because you're working with sound from this place as the, for me, as the practitioner, as the facilitator, I'm in the state of deep listening. So I'm not necessarily trying to create melody. Maybe melody will come in at some point, but I'm not like trying to create this melodic experience. I'm working with sound from this very intuitive space. That's how I work. I work very intuitively. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And you go on a, you go on a journey and you can, people have shared with me all kinds of incredible things. And I saw your, your post about, about your mom coming to yeah. yeah and and I've I've experienced that not personally but many several times people have come up to me after sound baths and said wow my my mom who passed away like several years ago she came to me so strongly yeah and it was like I was with her yeah that's yeah that just happened to me a few days ago I was yeah. at a sound bath it was amazing and wasn't expecting it and then it was just so clear to me she was there with me and yeah and I and I yeah in my post I did an Instagram post talking about it a little bit and yeah it was just so clear to me that I don't slow down enough um you know and 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 I think the the sound journey the that I was on it yeah it it wasn't just slowing down it was it was being taken on a journey it was the the space that allowed me to like go there without knowing I was going there, you know? So if you haven't experienced the sound bath, first of all, Jess's sound baths are, and sound bath sound journeys are amazing. She's amazing. And she does all kinds of um, work. Uh, you teach people how to um, become sound healers. You also, I know, do you do so many things like your groups. And I'd love to hear more about your group Reclaim and how you uh, work with a group doing this? So I've been doing this work one-on-one, -on -one, this voice work, this embodied voice work um, for several years. And over the pandemic, as I was really, I was already working online. So it wasn't such a, a major shift, but it was still shifting more, more work to online. And I just started feeling like the call. I'd been feeling the call already. Actually, you and I had talked about this. I'd already been feeling the call to do this work in a group, but I wasn't sure about, about doing it online. But I knew it had to be online because of where I live. I live in the forest <laughs> in the Hudson Valley, New York. And I, I knew that, that that's how I would get a group together was, was through, through the web. So I, I had more confidence <laughs> uh, with... I used that word before I had more confidence about doing it online because the pandemic really did make us all more comfortable with doing these kinds of things online. So I put together a group, my first group, Claudia was a huge support to me. Thank you. Uh, she, you really, you know, supported me as I was putting that together. It was amazing. It was such an amazing first journey 
it's a little different, obviously, from the one-on-one work because the one-on-one work, I'm working with, with each person individually in the moment. I can work really intuitively with each person. With the program, with the group program, I have kind of different themes that I'm working through in each session. And what I love about the group so much is that what happens when you're in a container and when that container is a group of women, because this is for Reclaim is for women, and the kind of magic that just unfolds because women are coming together in this very intentional way. And intention is something that I really put, uh, we spend quite a bit of time refining our intention for the experience and everybody is familiar with, with everyone's intention. So it's, it, we're all there supporting each other and then everybody can bring their magic, their medicine. And what turns out happening is I see that it amplifies the experience for people because of that, that alchemy of sisterhood. Yeah. Sounds beautiful. And I know that you have, it's your signature program. So you're running them you know, a a few times a year. And I'm not sure if this will, when's your next program? We will set sail on June 30th. Yeah. So if you're interested in working with Jess, I'll have her information and the information for Reclaim in the show notes so that you can reach out to her. Um, Yeah. I highly recommend working with her. If you've, if you're curious at all, even if you're listening and you've never thought about, you know, working with someone you know, with your voice or expression, you have the whisper. I, yeah, I would say even just reach out to her to have a call and like learn more about it because yeah, just even talking to you now, I'm, I'm like realizing how much I feel the call to work with my voice more. So, so I might be calling you up after this interview. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, when I do, I love my connection calls with, with women and what turns out happening often is that they're often tearful because just even the subject, just not even doing the work itself, but just even the subject of the work and what is held in our voices, especially for women. I think that's why women are called so much to it because we have quieted ourselves. We've been suppressed over like centuries. You know, there is such a need to open that up and to, and there's also a lot that's that's in there that a lot of emotion and like we've talked about like stuckness that's in there the things that we haven't said the, the parts of ourselves that we have kind of pushed to the side I really feel like all of that comes through the voice there was one woman who every time she heard a, a particular sound sung it was like more chanting she would cry that's kind of how we met was I was offering the sound practice in a retreat and I did the sound and she was just in tears. And then she, we turned out working together. And I had another client recently, another student from Reclaim. And she, every time she sang, she cried every time, but through working with her voice and not that it was a problem that she cried every time, but I think for her, it was maybe it was a little much and she want, she didn't understand it. So I think what she realized, we talked about this at the end, was that there was a lot just locked up in her voice, like shame and fear. And I think those things come up really strongly in the voice work, those those parts of ourselves that we've cast aside. So by, by working with a voice and just 
you know, spending more time in it, she, she stopped having that response every time. You know, maybe sometimes she'll cry and she'll have that emotional release, but not every single time in this kind of like release of, of shame and, and fear. So that was a big, big win for her. It's amazing what could come up. You know, I kind of pride myself on like, you know, speaking my mind and speaking my truth and it's what I teach. And my friend the other night was, was asking me, what, what do you want to do for your birthday? Like, what are your birthday desires? And I was like having a hard time getting out what I wanted. And she was like, you know, I said that I wanted a massage and she was like, well, who do you want to get you the massage, you know, she's really just like pulling it out of me. And I ended up crying on the the call because I was like, yeah, I didn't realize I had such tightness and such like insecurity around like asking for what I wanted. And, you know, it was just like a 30 minute call, but it did so much for me. And I released. And then the next day it's like, I didn't actually really didn't even want anything. You know what I mean? But to, <laughs> but to just like, yeah. So when you were saying that, it just reminded me of, you know, we we think sometimes that we are accessing like all the parts and and then through situations like your teaching or what I just experienced, we realize, whoa, I'm so, so not in touch with some areas and just getting in touch with it, really having some tears around it. It was just such a healing conversation. And she was just asking me what I wanted to do for my birthday. It's just amazing. Like this work really is amazing. And it just, I loved hearing you talk about it today, even though I've, I've interviewed you before, and I know this is the work that you do. It's such a great reminder of, there's just so many ways that we can heal. And so there's so many areas in our life where it just takes a little bit of courage. You know, the benefits are so huge, the shifts, the transformation, the growth that comes with it is just, you know, like nothing can take that away from you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's needed. Like you said, like everybody should with, should sing and everybody should use their voice and everybody can use their voice. And it's not just like singing this perfect melody, but it's, yeah, it's expression. Anyway, I'm having like a moment. I'm having a moment. <laughs> we all need to be singing. Why aren't we all singing? singing, but just like sound, like letting, letting ourselves sound. Sound. You know, one, one woman who was in my first Reclaim program, her big kind of lightning bolt was that she was gave herself permission to just make sounds throughout the day. And it turned out being this way that she actually shared with me that she moved emotional stuff and that she developed this whole new way of, of working with her emotions. Whereas she had always believed that being quiet was better because that's what she was told as a child, like just be quiet. And so she just really still as, you know, a fully grown woman, she really believed that, that it was better if she was quiet. So she said that was just huge for her. And for me, I'm also, I'm always, I'm always getting upgrades too. (laughs) It's not like I'm, I've, I've reached the full, my full expression. It just keeps going and going. And something I noticed with Reclaim, specifically with the group program, because of that amplification that happens when there's, you know, several women together doing this work that I always turn out going through my own little passage and facing my, my own shadows with my voice and, you know, it may not be my singing voice, but other, more like other aspects of my voice saying the things that are really uncomfortable 
It's amazing to to do the work in community. Yeah, I agree. That's I my my favorite way to work with people. You get so much. And um, so, like I said, I'll put Jess's reclaim in the show notes if you're interested. I know she, you'll, you're doing discovery calls for that. Um, yeah, you can get on the phone with her. Anything, if anything happens, you know, if anything, you might um, have a good cry. Like we don't know what's going to come out of it. Um, I know we're getting like towards the the end, and I don't know what you have going on. But do you want to sing a little bit um, before we sure. end? Okay, <laughs> only if you have time for it. Yeah, and I'm just going to let whatever wants to come through to come through whatever feels true. So I don't know what will come. Wow. Thank you so much. (laughs) That just that little bit really mm, touched me. Thank you. 
Okay. Well, that was a perfect way to finish this off. And is there anything else you want to share? You know, anything else that you're doing that you'd like to share before we, before we go here? Well, you can subscribe to my newsletter uh, on my, on my website. And that way you can find out here and there. I do offer free workshops, especially when I'm launching my group program so people can get a taste of the work that I do. I do still offer some spaces for for one-on-ones and yeah, and often have events happening in, in different places. Yay. Okay. I'll put everything in the show notes and thank you so much, Jess. And if you're out there listening, use your voice, use your voice more. That's it. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here today. If you feel like you're looking for extra support, don't hesitate to reach out to me. This is what I do. I help women get unstuck and move into the next chapter of their life with so much courage, so much confidence and clarity. You can head to my website, claudiawhitney.com or jump into my DMs on Instagram at with.claudiawhitney. All right, here's to taking those small steps and making huge shifts happen in your life. Be well and much love.